Pastor Tim, Sharon and Taylor Ray's family, great to join with you today and thank you so much for your incredible partnership with us. Over many years you have been faithful, giving, praying, helping, which is making tremendous difference in one of the most needy and unreached regions of the world. Um, thank you for those who have come and encouraged us and even through this season, Thank you for being generous and um, praying and caring. We love partnering with you and we thank God for you. And we're praying for your miracles. Uh, every Friday, Saturday, our churches, leaders are fasting and praying. And especially for your partners, we're praying. Thank you for being caring and being generous in this season. In most of these times of crisis, it is so easy for us to withdraw into ourselves and protect, build, you know, and build walls around and to continue to think about ourselves um, because that's what the devil will try to do. You know, he wants you to keep your head down and focus on yourselves and your needs. But friends, let me tell you, we are incredibly blessed in this nation. Even with this crisis, we are blessed to have the government, the infrastructure, the help that we are able to have. Yes, the whole world is facing the same storm, but we are not all in the same boat. There are people living in the same planet Earth that do not have absolutely nothing. And most of the safety measures that is talked about for this pandemic doesn't work for them. You know, physical distancing. What does that mean for people living in slums? You know, one of the areas um, that our brothers are working in five acres of land, which is one slum, there's 1.6 million people living. What does physical distancing means to them? You know, the house, which is basically just a, a plastic over them, uh, will have 10 to 12 people living in them, which is no bigger than one of our bedrooms. Um, you know, washing hands. People don't have water to drink, let alone waste washing hands and then soap, sanitize. All these things are suitable solutions for us in the West, but not for a majority of the people in the world, especially where we're working. I just want to encourage you in the, all the needs around us, we can become so overwhelmed and paralyzed and, in, and then go into our shells which is what the devil wants us to do. But God wants you to lift up your eyes and look to him and look to others. And, you know, I love what Paul says, the love of Christ compels me. And then he went on to say, is that we no longer live for, live for ourselves, but we live for him and live for others. And I want to encourage you to be filled with the love of Christ. And if it is the love of Christ, then it will compel us, motivate us, propel us and move us forward to the people who are in need around us. The Bible is full of such stories. You know, we know the, the, the Good Samaritan, you know, everybody was busy, focused on their own things. But the Good Samaritan was the one that went out and changed the schedule and changed his priority to help the one in the need. You know, I was not always like this. Many years ago, I was focused on myself and I was planning for a very convenient lifestyle and retirement and everything else. Then, of course, 
you know, Jenny wanted to see the Taj Mahal and along the way met that little kid on the trains and then end up spending our honeymoon three weeks with that kid. He began to open up our lives to, you know, a world that we never could imagine existed, um, a world of body part businesses and beggar mafias and homelessness and misery like ever, never I, I in my wildest dream could imagine sexual abuses and all of those. And then I was in turmoil. What do I do? I, I have my dreams and ambitions and goals that I've been working towards. Or now do I do something about what I've been hearing and seeing? And after three years of um, great confusion, um, I had to surrender myself to God and God's word because God's word is so clear. Um, uh, you know, that, that we are left on this planet Earth for no other reason than to live for him and live for others. Because we have already denied ourselves, crucified ourselves, died to ourselves. We no longer exist. So what do we need? What do we need to worry about ourselves? We are left on this earth to help others. So I want to encourage you to reflect and think about how you can be more generous, more caring. You know, the fear that is going around is paralyzing people. But in the midst of that, Christ's love should compel us. If we are just like everybody else, how would we make a difference in this society? How can we say we are the light? How can we be the salt to bring in taste? So I encourage you. And it's so easy to make excuses but you know i'm reminded of this widow that came to put the offering you know she didn't have much just a couple of coins no it actually wasn't a couple of coins and she actually came and put in that offering everything she had wow how much need did she have but she was able to give everything because she wasn't thinking about herself anymore now think about the story of feeding the 5,000. I think there were more people who had lunch bags than just one little boy. But he was the only one that was willing to give and be generous. Everybody else was thinking, oh, well, we need this for our lunch. But they missed out on the greatest miracle story and being participating in it. So I want you to open up your minds, your hearts, and, and begin to lift up your eyes beyond your back door, front door, all the way from across the neighbors to the ends of the earth. You know, so we started Empire as a consequence of that journey that I went through. And over the last 22 years, literally millions and millions of people's lives have been impacted changed, saved, even in this world. Kids, there's over 6,000 kids getting great English medium education now. People having homes and 36,000 communities that never had the good news is having the good news now. Even in this COVID-19 situation, you know, we've been able to um, give food and, and that is literally saving lives. So we, we had you know, 30, 40 kilos of rice bags and, and everything else that they need, dal, vegetables, for a whole month um, that is now serving over 100, 130,000 people have been fed through this ministry. Um, and many 
people's lives have been changed only because we had to step out of our comforts and stop looking at ourselves and worrying about what our needs were and focus on God and others. So would you reprioritize and not allow the world to reframe your mind, even coming out of this COVID, it is so important that we live a different life than we used to. And this COVID is a great wake up call. It tells us how fragile everything around is, how futile and this world is. And of course, the scripture tells us that this world would be burned up and destroyed, gone, but he encourages us to lay up treasures in heaven. So please be intentional and don't waste your life living for yourself. Live your life for him and for others. And in eternity, you'll be so glad you did that. How good was that, hey? Well, it was very powerful. It was great. So good. Well, welcome. Welcome to church. Yeah, good morning, yeah, welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. And we're coming to you live this week as opposed to with a pre-recorded video. We, we kind of stuffed it up. <laughs> <laughs> we had a conversation earlier in the week uh, after Josie sent through that amazing clip. And we went off into all sorts of weird... It was weird, a great conversation. Wild tangents. It sort of reminded me of like a Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think we were processing a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on. Mm. Yeah. So let's frame this up, okay? So we're going to be doing part two of our conversation this week. So last yeah. week we did part one with um, the lovely Emma, who spoke about being salt and light. And we're uh, going on this journey of trying to have a conversation around what love looks like in our context. and what Because everyone cares about love. It's a conversation everyone's passionate about, but everyone sort of mm. defines it a little bit differently. And so we spoke with Emma last week. Did anything stand out to you guys, just to recap about Emma's conversation? I think the complexity with love is it's easy to talk about, but it's harder to do. So, you know, like Emma raised that whole thing of loving uh, young people, even when they display behaviour that yep. is so awful. Like, yeah. how do you love in that kind of situation? So she showed the complexity of love. Yep. Yeah, and I like the, the fact that she showed how to love in a, a way which is relevant in our local environment. We don't have to go overseas necessarily to go and love. We don't have to go and do a, uh, put ourselves in a totally dif different position. She was actually loving in the environment that she was actually is, uh, was in, in, and I thought that was special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I loved mm. it. It was a great conversation about how love becomes salt and light in the world around us, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. So Emma spoke last week about, uh, like what you just mentioned then, Tim, about what it looks like in the everyday life, like mm. in our ordinary life. This week we want to have a conversation about uh, being global citizens. Yep. And yeah. so Jossie obviously gave that amazing sort of insight to what it looks like in a country far different from our own being India. Mm. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in just a moment. But just to continue, just to frame it up, I might just quickly read out the text that we're using um, from this conversation that Jesus had first, if that's all right. So again, we read this last week. It's about salt and light. It's Jesus sitting down having a conversation with the crowds. And he said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in mm. heaven. Mm. So it's a pretty phenomenal little bit of scripture, a little statement that Jesus gave there. Now coming back to that video from Jossie, uh, was there anything in particular that impacted you out of that? 
Uh, well, I guess one of the things that, and it wasn't just from what Jossie has, was saying in the video, but I've seen photos coming from where Jossie was talking about the people going into the slums and some of the people I know, I actually know them and have known them for quite some time and you see them going in there handing out the water bottles and uh, seeing all of these uh, people who are suffering terribly and they're, they're my friends who are actually over there. Uh, they live in that country but they're actually over there doing it and to me that was one of the things that brought it so much closer to home the fact that okay that might be a country which is a long long way away but they're people over there they're real people mm. and in the case of the, the photos that I saw friends of mine who are out there uh, at the front line. Did you find it hard to keep them in your thoughts when you're responding to your own circumstance in COVID? Yeah personally yes uh, personally I found that as COVID struck here in Australia, uh, my world narrowed down to the church here, the people who I know, my family, myself, of course, as well. And a lot of my thinking was revolving around this. And there was, again, personally, there was a, uh, a lot to cope with in terms of decisions to be made and, and plans to be made and things like that. And so that, that then uh, meant that my focus was very, very much more on the local environment and, and not the, the broader environment. Mm. Mm. <laughs> For me, um, it, it's just hard to comprehend how other people are doing this COVID season, isn't it? Because um, we have a very good government who's looking after us financially. We also have a good health system. Yeah. We have yeah. good policy and procedure. And it's kind of hard to comprehend, you know, um, that they can't, in some parts of the world, they can't even practice safe washing of the hands because they don't have enough drinking water, let alone sanitation water or... Mm. Um, you know, I heard in one country, you know, where the migrant uh, workers were just put off um, and so now they've got 130 million displaced uh, workers who are looking for housing, shelter, food yeah. and are just roaming the country. I mean, that's... that's it's incomprehensible, isn't it? ..a very different scenario than what we're facing. So for me, um, it's just heartbreaking because you can't do much. Yeah. Yeah. When I watched that video from Jossie and I saw some of those same images that you spoke mm. of, um, I just felt like I was such a terrible human being. <laughs> 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 like, uh, like, you get mm. so caught up in your own yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's hard to remember that your neighbour also lives in India. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to remember um, to carry their burdens, to carry their pains in those yeah. moments and, and to, you know... Um, have that relationship of salt and light in those dark places. Mm. I was really encouraged. Um, so um, we started up a sanitary pad factory uh, a couple of years ago and I was really, really pleased because in this season they've been able to give away every single sanitary pad. That's so pad. cool. So, and um, that really helps with hygiene, that helps with, um, you know, just um, women being able to stay healthy and yeah. engaged and they've started the factory back up again so they're pumping out more pads. So I was just really glad that we'd been salt and light before this because otherwise that wouldn't, that bit of love wouldn't mm. be happening on the ground. That's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. I'm really pleased mm. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that's um, sewn into that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. A, having a tangible effect. Yeah, it's very really much cool. so. Something that stood out to me, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, is as I've thought about people in other contexts to, to my own, I'm struck by their courage. Yeah. I'm struck by the courage yes. of the uh, men and women um, that we saw images of going yeah. into those dark places and being salt and light there. Mm. Yeah, because they could catch. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them were probably will. Yeah. 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 But they were willing to love regardless of their own physical health. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what love demands of us, isn't it? To be courageous, to be... Um, well, we're lucky um, in our culture because our nurses and our health carers who are dealing with COVID can can wear all the gear and be mm. protected. In other countries, that's that's not a reality. No. So their faith and their courage, and watching that kind of love in action is really beautiful. Yeah, the photos that uh, John and I are referring to, uh, the workers there had gloves on but no face masks or anything like that going out in, into the slums. Yeah. Well, I know that face there. masks have been really hard to, to yes, get so yeah. like with the sanitary pad one of the things that they've learned to do and some of them have actually had to learn to sew is is that they're now making uh, masks as That's well awesome. as pads yeah, yeah. which mm. is cool yeah so this week we've seen all sorts of crazy stuff happen on a global scale like yeah. we've yeah. seen the murder of George Floyd and the way that that's incited this uh, the Black Lives Matter movement around the world which you know incredible but I suppose my question around that is, is do you think it's possible for us to be a Christ follower and follow his way of love and, um, and, also, and not be a global citizen? Like how do they go together? Do you guys have any thoughts around that? Well, for me, I'm really passionate about this and that we can't. We can't say that we're a Jesus follower and we only care about what happens at home. Yeah. It's just impossible because... Um, Jesus just didn't model that. Um, when he died, he died for the world. It mm. says, for God so loved the world that he um, mm. gave his one and only son. So it was for a world. It wasn't just for a region. It just wasn't for a religious group. It wasn't just for a people group. Mm. It was for the entire world, which includes every ethnicity, um, tribe, language, mm. colour, everybody so he's a he's a global god he always has been a global god it's just that it's hard for some people to fathom that it's hard for them to understand that everybody's equal and and that's part of the tension of what happens in the u.s anyway you've got a church divided you've got um, yeah. part of the church who are who understand that God is a global God and then you've got part of the church which doesn't understand that. And then you've got a society which doesn't understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah back difficult. in the days when Jesus was on earth, he walked into a situation which is highly political and there was a lot of discrimination going on. There were different races and and uh, the Jews and, and others, for example, were just at each other's throats. And even within uh, the nation where Jesus went in, in, um, in Israel... Uh, there were different sects that absolutely hated each other. And they, ex they were looking uh, for a Messiah, a king to come along who would king hit the, the opposition. But Jesus came along and didn't march into it with violence. He actually marched into it with love because he tried to change people's hearts rather than seize control of the country. And that, that set a lot of people back. But that same example is there for us where it's a battle for people's hearts. And I think the other thing that... Um, impacts on this is that we naturally tend to fear uh, those who are different to us, whether it's a different ethnicity, a different colour, a uh, different background in whatever way it might be, we naturally tend to fear those who are different to us. But Jesus showed us a way of actually treating all people exactly the same. And that's again an example for us about what it means to be salt uh, and what it means to be light. What about for you in your generation? Because um, your generation have access to a global faith um, in a way that our generation didn't have. Mm -hmm. um, how, how has that impacted you? I've been 
really impacted. I think most of my generation have been yeah. by the events of this week because I think oh, it's not just America. Like we do have some systemic issues here in Australia yeah. too. But um, I think uh, for most of my generation, there's become this tension point because their hearts are moved. Um, but then there's also this all these confusing voices around what the other side are saying too. And so I think a lot of my generation are getting stuck in the mud, so to speak. They're getting stuck in this um, state of confusion around uh, what would love have me do because they feel passionate about the injustice that they see but then they fed information which may be true, may not be true um, from the other side and there's just so much confusion around... Mm what the truth is and I think we get stuck in my generation at least I can't speak on behalf of yours I suppose but I know that my generation they get stuck in that and they don't know how to um, what the next actionable step is what yeah. it is to be salt and light in that yeah. situation does yeah. that make any sense at all yeah yeah is your generation similar um, I don't know. I, I guess the first place that I've gone to, especially with the stuff in the US, has been just um, this place of grief, yeah. lament, prayer, because I can't actually do much about another country apart from um, support, I suppose, friends who are pastors over there um, who are both black and white, mm. um, encourage, pray for them, yeah. um, lift them up. And then also have a look in my own heart at my own racism and I mean I've had enough conversations in Kids Paradise with people of different nationalities like Muslims or um, Asians mm-hmm. um, and I know um, our Aboriginal community certainly feel discriminated against. So for me a lot of this past week has been sitting and listening mm. to try to understand my own racism and mm-hmm. my own um, thing, bias. bias and also to try to somehow come to terms with the idea that I'm a white middle-class female... Check your privilege. (laughs) ..who has a lot of power, who has a lot of privilege Mm. and who has an ability to make decisions. And I have to be really careful not to filter another person's pain and story through my own experience, and that's really hard. So at the moment, I feel like I'm spending a lot of time listening to black pastors, black leaders who are leading the movement because there's parts of it that I don't understand. There's yeah. parts of their their living out that I don't understand. So for me to be light and salt in this, I think to preserve love means to listen yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, pretty impacted by uh, a talk around a table by a guy who uh, I know, Albert Tate, and he was talking about how he went out um, in his car with one of his children and his, they saw a policeman pull up nearby and the child didn't want to get out of the car. And he said, aren't you coming out to play? And he said, no, I don't want to be killed. And that was just like a penny drop moment for Albert, but that was the attitude uh, that, that his children had. And one of the things that Albert said, which again really impacted me, was the fact that uh, we can say we're not racist and that's fine. I would say that uh, I'm a recovering racist. I think we all are. Uh, but... I don't want to be racist, but he was saying we've got to move beyond uh, just being not racist to being anti-racist if we want to bring about change. Yeah, it's good. Mm. It's good. Yeah. I keep coming back to, I forget who writes, I should have looked it up, but there, it might have been Paul that wrote it in the New Testament here and he said, uh, he talks about how the way to fulfil the, the, the commandment of the command to love one's neighbour, in, in other words, mm. to be salt and light in the world around us, is to carry one another's burdens. Mm. 
And I just keep coming back to that thought uh, over this past week about um, whilst it's easy, oh, there's a temptation to get swept up in trying to discern like, uh, it's almost like as if I'm bringing a court of law to Twitter <laughs> and I'm trying to discern yeah. what fact is true and what's not true and then to have the most pure approach possible. But in becoming so heady about it, I can forget to just carry the burdens of my brothers and my sisters mm. that are suffering things that I've never suffered before. Yeah. And I think that unless I first have that human connection of empathy and as a global citizen, um, love is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's hard, I can't love unless first I feel that pain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so to your thought, um, so much of that just starts with listening. Yeah, yes, yeah, and to listen deep, I think, because like in the US, I mean, they haven't had a government like we've had in COVID that's provided amazing um, payments. That yeah. um, we have, um, even without COVID, we have a welfare system and a health system which is incredible. Mm. Even though we mm. might criticise it by world standards, it's incredible. So even when we view the US stuff, we view it through the lens of what we have, whereas in, in those countries, they don't even have that. Mm. <laughs> um, and so it, it's, it's hard to kind of comprehend and understand. And then, you know, mm. they were slaves. They were slaves. The blacks were slaves for hundreds of years. And um, it's hard for us to even comprehend the legacy of that, of mm, what yeah. that's like, what that leaves. So the Civil War changed that. But the culture didn't change. No. That's the thing. And that's one of the reasons why there's so much strife in the United States at the moment is because whilst the laws might have changed, uh, there are large parts of the culture which, are, which still haven't changed or which are, which are evolving or still got a fair way to go. <laughs> We've met some people in the South who still believe the Civil War is happening, don't oh, they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Very yeah. interesting thought processes in the too. South. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They still salute. Well, who is the... Um, the Lee. General? General, General Lee. Lee. Every time they That's enter right. their home, they salute General Lee. It's quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. And they're things we don't understand. No, hey, not at all. Just, yeah. just coming back to this whole thing of salt and light, that, uh, that, that passage of Jesus demands that, that we be different. It demands that we do something. And if I can just mention one uh, verse out of 1 John chapter 3. Uh, it, uh, to hear the Apostle John is writing, he says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And that is so relevant for our world today where mm. we're looking at the, um, the, the race uh, riots that are going on and the inequities that are happening uh, or situations in South Africa, for example, yeah. also where uh, farmers are being killed and slaughtered and abused and it, it's not really making the, the press. It's all hatred and it's all wrong and... Uh, then we've got COVID again, which is just uh, impacting so many people. This passage says, um, if we see a brother or sister in need and have no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Mm. That's a huge challenge. And then it goes on to say, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Again, there's this command to do something about it. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about us being salt and light. Mm. Uh, we're not to be passive. Uh, if, if we're to be a, a Jesus follower, uh, there's, there's a changed heart that should come, but there are changed actions which should also follow. I am uh, One of the changed actions that I love, that I see at the moment, is this, um, I suppose, chant, if you want to put it that way, this chant 
that racism isn't okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I don't mm. think in history we've seen a global chant happen, and I love that. Like whether yeah, it be it's great through the demonstrations, you know, here in Launceston yep. or in Sydney, Melbourne, um, the UK, America. It's um, it's like this sound, and I often talk about how on Sunday mornings, you know, Australia gets to wake the world up with praise before God. New Zealand doesn't exist. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. New, New Zealand, Zealand, Australia, you know, we're the first yeah. ones up in the morning and then there's this sound of praise which goes out before God as the, the mm. as the day emerges. And I always love that thought of how praise um, sounds when you're not on planet Earth but you're out there in the cosmic mm. universe. Mm. And it's kind of like this chant that's happening across the globe at the moment, this sound of racism isn't okay. Yeah. And I think that mm. that's a beautiful love sound that's mm. actually happening. I yeah, that's so good. It's just this amazing praise sound and I think God would be going, yes, racism isn't okay and I love yeah. that sound. Yeah. I think for him it's as powerful as a worship song. I agree. Entirely. Yeah. That's a beautiful thought. I think, Tim, you were about to say something in there, weren't you? No, I was just thinking of the passage in Ephesians where it talks about how God sent his son Jesus to, to destroy the barrier. And uh, there's a barrier between us and, and him, but also there was a barrier between uh, the different races as well. And I was just reading um, yesterday in Ephesians chapter 2 in the Passion Translation as I was doing my journaling. And it talked about, um, I, I haven't got the exact words here anymore, but it talked about uh, Jesus came to pull down discrimination and pull down differences so that we could all be treated the same uh, in God's yeah. sight. Yeah, mm. that's mm. very good. Um, Jossie left a challenge in there, in that video, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He said, would you live a life different to what you used to? That was his challenge. And he also said towards the end of his message he said please be intentional about how you live your life live your life for him and for others mm. and that's his challenge will we actually go and pick up and do that it's mm. very good i'm going to throw a little furphy in so can we talk about the good samaritan sure we can talk about <laughs> the good samaritan no he no did. we're well, not going there we're not going there jonathan Justin, did talk about it yeah can yeah. you or why don't one of you guys just recap the story real briefly Okay, so um, there's this guy, he's going travelling and then he gets beaten up and he's left on the side of the road mm -hmm. and he's pretty bruised. Let's say he's a black man. He's a black man. <laughs> and then um, along comes one religious leader, he sees the, um, the black man on the side of the road um, and he keeps walking, he doesn't do anything. And then another um, religious leader comes along and he sees the black man on the side of the road and he doesn't do anything, he keeps going. And then a third person comes and this third person isn't of the right tribe, he's not a, a so-called... Uh, they're actually natural people. enemies. Natural mm. enemy of the mm. black person and he actually stops and he actually tends to the uh, black man's wounds. He lifts him up on his donkey and he takes him to an inn and he tends to him all night long, which... It's kind of like a, um, an exaggeration. Jesus is really trying to make a point here because it's kind of love over the top. Mm. And he leaves the man there and then he goes about his work, but then he pays for the black man's health and um, care for the rest of the week. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing story because... It's an amazing story because there's systemic racism in that story. Yes. There is systemic racism. There's a <coughs> systemic... Um, 
prejudice and hatred towards other ethnicities and minority groups. And it's an incredible story because the people that should know better don't slow down. They don't carry yeah. one another's burdens and they just walk around on the other side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And so as we talk about salt and light here and when as we talk about the fact that we are global citizens and as we hear Josie laid down an amazing challenge for us to live a life of difference as yeah. we carry the love of Christ with us and which compels us. I suppose the question for all of us as individuals being parts of this global community is are we going to walk around on the other side of the road or do we get off our donkey <laughs> and load yeah. that donkey up with, that, with, that, with brokenness and tend to it? Mm. Mm. And some practically, some of that is like even with our finances, in our finances, do we regularly have a part of our finances which may go towards loving local? Yeah, great. Then do we have a part of our finances which goes to yeah. loving um, nationally, you know, mm -hmm. other groups or other churches or other community sectors that are struggling? Then do we have part of our finances which are um, worldwide? Because often it's not until we actually, because I think money is the biggest hold on us white, middle class, <laughs> yeah. well-off people, um, until we actually can resolve that issue of how much of my actual income is going to to the three different areas, mm. I, I'm not convinced that um, we've really stepped into creating um, change and love because mm. it's an ongoing thing. Like this is a crisis that's happening. Mm. But as um, Tate said, where were your voices decades mm. ago? Where yeah. have your voices been with all the other things? Yeah. Where You know, you've been silent for so long. Yeah. Whereas I think when we start looking at our own economics and we kind of go, okay, individually I'm going to distribute, what we're actually saying is year in, year out, day in, day out, month in, month out, I'm actually with you. Mm. It's powerful. Mm. Yeah. So it's more than a chant, it's, a, it's an action. Mm. Love in action. Love in action. Twice the hardest thing to do. The, just, just one final thought from myself here, John. I think if uh, we've got to recognise that we are global citizens now. It's not just the internet, it's not just international travel, which until a while ago existed. <laughs> uh, it's not just our television, it's not just, not just a, the trade that goes on, but we are globally connected all over the globe. And so we are global citizens, not just a citizen of Launceston or Tasmania or Australia. And in that, we have to realise that we have a responsibility to be a global citizen. Mm. And mm. as that, that story that a Good Samaritan pointed out, our neighbour is, is anyone who's in need. Mm. And so we have to open our eyes and, and wrestle with what a, that actually means yeah. about how, how we can make a difference. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Very good. Well, I could talk about this topic all day long. But, but it's won't. a beautiful day. <laughs> it is a beautiful day. Yeah. So maybe um, we can, if anybody out there watching this would like to continue the conversation, there's plenty of ways in which we can do that through yeah. our small groups or through reaching out on the website or on the even here in the Facebook comments below. Just do so. We'd all love to have a conversation. Yeah, or if you've got questions, you know, around around what this means um, or, yeah, you, there, there's just questions you've got, ask them and we can do another conversation. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. So what we might do from here is, Tim, I might get you to pray. Sure. And we'll leave. And then we're going to enter into a great um, worship item. Okay. And then the girls will come back. Will do. Okay. So, Father, thank you that you call us to be different. Uh, call us. Thank you that you call us to be 
to live a, a life that is different. Thank you that you bring your Holy Spirit to us to help empower us to be different. You've shown us a different way through the life of Jesus. Uh, and the love that Jesus showed is just absolutely astronomical. But that's the kind of love that you also call us to, to live, to be salt and to be light and to, to not only care for our brothers and sisters globally, uh, but to, to reach out to them in whatever ways that we can when we see that they have needs themselves. So, Father, I, I just pray that you'll, for everyone who's watching here at present, uh, that through your Holy Spirit you'll, you'll point to them about the roles that they can play, the, the changes that they can make, so that their life will be different. Father, we ask that you also bless everyone who's watching. Uh, we proclaim your blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.